wishing us a happy weekend and we're all friends. I know what your next comedian's going to be doing all weekend. She's going to be riding her bike up and down hills all over San Francisco and Marin Cal, the counties. Look at her ass. It looks great. Put your hands together for Hillary Lannon. According to my girlfriends, they say I have an ass of a toddler because I have no hips. So, yeah, I, I they were saying that that was a compliment, but I don't think it was. So, okay, I'm sorry. I know I walked in when Dan was like asking you guys if you were an item, which I don't care about that, but are you comics or are you just regular people? You're like real human beings. Wow, so how did you end up here? Just saw the sign and uh-huh, blame him. That's a good bet. So wait, how did you find out about this? Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. You, are you just a like comedy fan or do you have aspirations to do comedy? Oh yeah, me too. It's actually like, sorry, this is not the set I was gonna do at all. But um, it's do it. I just started doing stand up at the beginning of the year, and it's really saved my life because no, that's a, well, that's maybe not so dramatic. But I basically stopped drinking and stopped doing all the other things except for weed. I mean, weed doesn't count, and occasionally mushrooms. That also doesn't count. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, come on, <laughs> this is San Francisco. But um, but it's really great because you can go have an activity every single night and you don't have to drink at all. Like it's one of those things where you can laugh and have a great time and not drink. But as much as I like that, I really wish I was home with my vibrator. <laughs> but don't get the wrong idea, you perverts. I'm talking about my Theragun because I have, <laughs> I have been riding my bike up and down a lot of the hills in in the Bay Area and it's very painful. And I realized that I need a boyfriend um, or I guess I could have a girlfriend also. The only reason why I need one is because I really, it's very hard to get your hamstrings with a Theragun. So it's like, it's just not the same. I need somebody to do it to me. But I definitely am not bringing that Theragun anywhere near this part of my body. For those of you listening, um, audio only, I'm pointing to my crotch. Uh, because it's basically, Okay, and I need help on this one. When, okay, when the boxers do that thing, I know it's called speed bag, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Because that's basically what a Theragun, if you tried to use it like a regular vibrator on your clit, it would literally be like a boxer. But what is the right verb for that? Like, do, are you speed bagging? Like, I, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or you're speed bagging. That's the proper, like, Like what, like if the boxer, if like the guy who trained Rocky was like, go over there and speed bag, like is that how the term goes? Do you, okay, so it is speed bagging. Okay, so I'm not gonna speed bag my clit with my Theragun because, <laughs> because that is very, that sounds very painful and my crotch has already suffered enough from spending so much time on a bike seat, which I think, I've determined how the bike seat was invented. Um, it definitely was a pervy, Victorian ornithologist. I'm convinced because it's basically like, you know, this this like guy who is really into birds was so into birds that he's like, I want to sit on their face. But of course, a bird beak, like teabagging, not speed bagging, but teabagging a bird is not really like um, you know, most bird beaks are pretty small and I'm pretty sure the dodo probably had already gone extinct at this <laughs> point. So, he's like, I'll make my own and stick it on a post and, you know, shove it up against my crotch. 
and it's very uncomfortable. So, <laughs> so they basically, like, it really, the bicycle hasn't changed since it was originally invented. I mean, it started out as the, um, as the uh, penny farthing. Do you know what that is? Yes. And th which is really, come on, that's really just a unicycle with a training wheel. I mean, and then they switched it over to the, the safety bike, which is what they call like the modern version of a bicycle because people would fall off of the penny farthing a lot. And when you're up five feet, you know, that could cause some definite damage. But basically, technology really hasn't changed that much since then. The exception being that they have cut a hole in the middle of a bike seat so to alleviate the pressure on your soft tissue. But I think it sounds great in theory, but it doesn't really work. I mean, I don't even know what that hole is called. It's either like the Grundle Gap, the you know Perineum Passage, maybe like the Gooch Gully, I don't know, the Taint Travas. Anyway, but it's one of those things where in theory, it seems like it would be great, but I feel like unless you can actually stick your genitals, and I'm talking about for both guys and girls, right? Like if, I mean, for me, if I would have to take off my bike shorts and like shove each of my labia lips in there, <laughs> like I'd have to, or it basically like I'd be filing, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> and then, but for guys, I mean, you know, like you'd have to stick your scrotum in there and I just imagine it really is like teabagging would be right. Because the hole goes like this, right? So anyway, um, yeah, and I'm definitely not going to start biking around naked in San Francisco because I reserve that for Burning Man only. So um, I'm definitely not. I think there's like those old dudes um, who walk around the Castro with their like penis and junk wrapped in a, like a little sequins cloth. But other than that, I think that nobody else should be sitting on their bike naked. So I, I don't know if that's all my time, but I could keep going. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, the whole reason why I started biking so much is because I'm doing the AIDS life cycle, which if you're familiar with that, it's a ride from San Francisco down to LA, and it's a total fucking scam because you have to pay, you have to pay $85 just to register for this, and then you have to raise $3,000. They call it a ticket to ride, a, like cute marketing slogan to try to trick people into thinking they've accomplished something. But basically, to for the honor of dragging your ass down the length of California and sleeping in a tent every night. And the whole reason why I really did this, I mean, yeah, curing AIDS is like a noble cause, blah, 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 whatever. But it's really because I have this ass that's, you know, I'm Asian, so my face is flat and my ass is even flatter. And so I'm biking to try to get a booty, but I don't know if it's working because basically the only way I'm getting a booty is when I put on those bike shorts and it looks like I'm wearing a poise pad that I took a dump in, which is not... That's not really the booty that I was looking for, but that's what I'm getting. So anyway, okay, that's it for me. <laughs> Thank you. Hillary Landon and her toddler baby booty. Yay! You should vest that ass like a toddler and put it with the poise pad duty booty. <laughs> because you said at the beginning that you have an ass like a toddler and toddlers still wear diapers. So you've got like a duty booty, like a baby duty booty. With the, I mean, I don't know, the poise pad and the, po and the pooper. <laughs> I just, I'm just doing alliteration because it's fun. <laughs> All right, um, the rest of our um, comics, it's so funny. I have no idea why nine comics who pre-signed aren't here yet, but we're going to let Lauren do her joke that she fucked up on. And uh, yeah, everybody, Lauren Grout, yay! Thank you, Pam. Thank you for bearing with me with this other room. Um, oh, thanks. I'll 
Why do we have to be afraid of God? Because God isn't God supposed to be all loving and caring? And if we respect God, certainly. Honor God, yes. But why do we have to be afraid of God? Because having fear in a relationship is just a recipe for disaster. Thou shalt have no other gods before me is fear. Oh, shit, I shouldn't be reading this. Be afraid, mortal, be very afraid. What exactly does it mean before me when it says, thou shalt have no other gods before me? What does it mean? Does it mean like earlier? Does God let, like not get up until 10 o'clock in the morning? And does there no other gods before me? You're on your own. I don't know. And is God that insecure, thinking that we won't care or we won't come back? God doesn't like us. I mean, I have, I'm a neurotic mess, and I have more confidence than that. <laughs> Thank you. That's the end of that one. Can I do one? Can I do a joke? Uh, can I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I like that. Thank you. I, I love thinking about what God does, and I have all the, I'm going to string together all my God jokes one day and have it just like an hour on God. And Oh, yeah, then I'll have a church. Yes, question? That's a good question. Why, what is devil's lettuce? <laughs> oh, shit, should I know that? Oh, oh, is it? Uh. Yeah? I never heard that. Uh uh. <laughs> Lettuce. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Devil's lettuce. I'll remember that. I like that one. Um, I was going to just do a song. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The OCD song. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was singing this song on my way here tonight. Perhaps you know it. I like to count things in my head because I have OCD. I like to drive myself insane and do so endlessly. You remember that Coca-Cola ad from the 70s? I like to teach the world to count and be obsessed like me, <laughs> where everything has a number to count and sometimes it won't rhyme. Everybody, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Ladies only, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. OCD is the real thing, not Coca-Cola. All right, thank you very much. Thanks, Sam. Yay, yay, Lauren Kraut. Oh, you made it. You made it. Everybody put your hands together. She made it. Oh, my gosh, your hair's all curly. It's cute. It's like you curled it to die. Look at that. Everybody put your hands together for your next comedian, Denise Lee. My haircut lady was like, oh, my gosh, you can go out after this. I was like, I'm going home <laughs> after this. Um, cool. Okay, let's see. Here we go. Um, okay, cool. 
So uh, my parents are, so I was born in America, but my parents are immigrants. Uh, so my parents are Buddhist, Chinese immigrants, and you know, very grateful that they came to America, right? So that I could have civil rights, like freedom of religion, freedom of speech. And then I started doing stand-up comedy, and they were like, not that much freedom of speech, you know? <laughs> like reel it in a little bit. Um, okay, so that was, that was that. Uh, I, uh, have you guys seen, like, those, like, big chunky shoes people wear? Basically, like, these, basically. <laughs> like, like, like the, like, the shoes that look like, uh, like, white suburban dads from the 90s wear, right? So, recently got a pair of those, right? And I have, like, this very fashionable, fashionable friend, and she came up to me, and she was like, oh, you're trying to get shoes that look like Drake's, right? And I was like... Who's Drake? <laughs> I was like, does Drake also have plantar fasciitis? <laughs> like, that's why I got these. Maybe we have the same podiatrist or something, right? I don't know. Um, uh, I, 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 do, I do also really like the trend, the fashion trend of like baggy jeans, you know, um, because it's really comfortable, but my sister hates it. Like I got lunch with her earlier and she was like, dude, like, those jeans make you look super sloppy. And I was like, we're in a Waffle House. <laughs> and I was like, it is a miracle I'm wearing clothes, you know? Like, this is elite here. And she was like, no, 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 I just mean, you know, like, wearing, like, baggy jeans just makes your butt look flat. Like, you don't want your butt to look flat, super unflattering. And I was like, but my butt is flat, you know? Like, you can't just put on a pair of pants, like, turn, like, a slice of bread into, like, a dinner roll or something, right? It's not magic. Uh, I did start seeing a personal trainer recently uh, because I wanted to just become healthier, increase my self-esteem, turn my slice of bread into a dinner roll, you know, that kind of thing. I do not think it's going to work out. Our first session, my trainer was like, okay, we're going to have you lift heavy weights, so you can look strong and intimidating so nobody fucks with you. And I was like, but I want to be fucked with. You know, I was like, that's the whole reason we're here. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to look intimidating. I want to look accessible. Like, the goal is to be low-hanging fruit, you know? That is, that is what we're going for here. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm excited because I think we're past the point of the year where people are still doing New Year's, New Year's resolutions, right? So a couple months ago, like, I had lunch with a friend, uh, one of those friends who wanted to eat healthy. And when I asked if she wanted to get dessert, she was like, no, like, do you know what artificial sugar does to your body? It's super unhealthy. And I was like, yeah, okay but we just did cocaine in the bathroom, <laughs> you know? Like, that was the appetizer. Like, I think sugar is fine here. I didn't actually do cocaine. I did watch her do it, like a sad-ass episode of Euphoria. But I think, like, generally, I just don't have the vibe of someone who regularly partakes in drug usage, you know? Like, I don't think anyone's that surprised. Um, but, uh, like, the last time I took a weed edible, it just made me get really high and want to file my taxes <laughs> without using TurboTax. You know, I was like, oh, I can do anything. I got pen and paper. Who cares? Apparently the IRS does, so things are great. Um, I'll leave you guys with this. Uh, I work in an office job, and it's a lot more drama than you would think, right? Like uh, recently, 
I got reported to HR. That was fun. Uh, I got reported for saying the word guys in meetings, like, hey, guys. Apparently, the word guys is uh, gendered and exclusionary. And so I'm doing my best now, trying to be more gender neutral and supportive of my colleagues in meetings. So lately, I've been going into meetings and just saying, morning, assholes. <laughs> you know, like, everyone has one. It's very gender neutral. Okay, I've been Denise. Thank you so much. Yay, Denise. All right, your next comedian just showed up. I saw him outside. Clap your hands together for a JD. Yay. Damn, do you have a camera set up? How did you see me? Oh damn. Okay. I'm glad they I'm glad they see me. I'm not prepared for this. I'm so sorry. Uh it's all good. How are you guys doing? You guys having a good good night? Um I'm having a pretty good year. Yeah. I've been uh been cooking a little bit more. I've been uh using MSG also. So if you guys don't just want to stop Asian hate, you wanna spread some Asian love, start cooking with MSG. Shit is delicious. So good. Uh, it turns out MSG just stands for mmm. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody's seen me do that bit like a hundred times. It's, su it's such a, it's great for my throat. It's, it's, I got a very congested throat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking fire, right? It's delicious. Every single time I do that bit, like every, all the Asian people in the crowd, crowd are like nodding and all the white people are like, oh, can I laugh? But uh, yeah, I mean, MSG was rumored to like cause cancer, right? And like, I don't know if you know this, but turmeric actually prevents cancer, right? Per but turmeric actually like tastes like cancer. It's so bad. But like MSG like tastes like meat. So I just eat ass now. This is all very confusing, you know? <laughs> Sprinkle a little bit of turmeric on it, you know, pre-game pre with some MSG, we're good to go. Yeah, uh, I am Asian, which is, it is cool, but uh, I also realized that I don't really think Indian people need to be grateful for like roles in movies anymore in Western movies because like they pass this up on Lord of the Rings and I'm like still a little buttered about that right that's like that's like casting mice for Ratatouille like what the f you had the next best thing right I don't know I don't know because like if you think about it the story is like a short hairy Indian man oh sorry short hairy man <laughs> traveling far and hiding precious gold from the government okay that's straight up my dad's life story okay this is straight plagiarism Somebody needs to get, like, come on. You guys wouldn't have watched, like, Harold and Kumar escape from Mordor? Come on, man. That would have been so nice. You just uh, watched them, like, travel to Mount Doom, you know, and then struggle to leave Mount Doom because Sauron took their passports. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's way better, right? Lord of the migrant workers. All right, moving on. Uh, I, uh, I'm i not gay. Uh, I know the earrings kind of threw you guys off a little bit. But uh, I think I have a gay uncle, like, he, he, I don't think he, he's not out of the closet yet, but like he spends a lot of time in the paint section at fucking Walmart. So <laughs> there's a few signs there. I don't know. I, I don't know. Very, very fond of the paint. But uh, yeah, I think he's gay, but like I, I, he's not a very sexual person, right? So I was like, I was, I'm kind of confused. But then it hit me, not his dick. It just hit me. <laughs> it hit me like he's like a sprail, like conservative Indian man. So I, I would imagine he looks at gay sex a lot like we look at, all us adults look at like ice cream trucks, right? Because like if it like chases you down and like all the kids say it's okay, then every now and then can't hurt, right? <laughs> Give it a second. I, I try to, I try, like the bit's too fast, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm thinking about buying a gun, but you guys are doing a solid job of making me reconsider that. Cause, uh, are we a second amendment crowd? Do you guys like guns? No? 
for sure, for sure. Buying a gun is scary though, right? I understand why people go to Walmart. It makes it way less real. But uh, do you guys know you can 3D print guns now? That's pretty fire. That's pretty cool, right? I think these guns are like great because it's great for suicide specifically, like for preventing it, because like it would never happen, right? Because like you'd be like, I want to kill myself. Like I've planned to kill myself, but I can't find the last two screws. So I guess I'll just do it tomorrow. Yeah. Guns are like IKEA furniture now. That's fine. But I also think this is like how we get like the first Asian school shooter, right? Basically, that's that's the whole reason we got 3D printed guns. I mean, I, I can't think of another reason, right? Like, oh my God, Alex Lee, where did you get that gun? Like, don't worry, I just made it. <laughs> <laughs> don't I? I brought all like, oh fuck that up. I'm smiling too much. Sorry, guys. You guys, you guys are, you guys are a good crowd. I appreciate it. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave on that. Thank you. Have a nice night. The mic's a little sweaty. I'm sorry. Your next comedian just walked in the room. He's super funny. Uh, here, I'll do one joke just in between. Um, why can't Californians have guns? Because they're always triggered. Ah, put your hands together for your next comedian, John Gallagher. Thank you. I, uh, are you guys familiar with Ann Fong at all? You know who that is? So if you go around the mission over a couple streets, there's a, a billboard for a Vietnamese attorney named oh. Ann Fong. Yeah, something goes wrong. Call Ann Fong. I mean, it's excellent. They're all over my neighborhood. And the other day, I was walking around and I like, uh, I was laughing because one. I don't know how this happened, but somebody in a, in a neighborhood in Oakland uh, put up two Ann Fong billboards directly across the street from each other. <laughs> like Ann Fong is looking directly into a mirror, having like an existential <laughs> crisis. You know, like <laughs> something's wrong. Call Ann Fong. You know, it's like who do who does Ann Fong call? It's amazing. It's like that. You ever hear a, a Pagliacci? You ever hear that that saying? You guys know what that is? That's a yeah. That's the one about. Uh, so it's the saying about the the man. He's really depressed. He goes to the doctor, right? And the doctor's like, he's like, I'm I'm depressed, doctor. I'm gonna kill myself. What do I do? All these lists, all the shit that's wrong with his life. And the doctor goes, We gotta go see the great clown Pagliacci. He's hilarious. He's like, and then the guy cries. He goes, I'm Pagliacci. You know, it's like that billboard's like that, but with a Vietnamese attorney. You know, it just makes you makes you really think. What does Ann Fong get up to? I uh, saw the Batman. I liked it. It was long. Three hours long. Batman, uh, they have to keep making him grittier, right? Like, eventually, because they have to keep making him darker. That's what they do every time. Like, you walk in this theater, it's like, this is the darkest one you've ever seen. It's like, Bruce Wayne was fingered this time. You're like, oh, God, what? No. And that's, and that's not what happened. I had a couple comics who were like, thanks for spoiling it. Do you think, you think Batman was fingered to start this PG-13 franchise? I'm not spoiling this movie for you. Yeah, I know. Some people, some people thought that was real. Can you believe that? that? They thought that Bruce Wayne was molested. He's not in this movie. It's a joke. I was okay. Anyway, the world keeps turning. Uh, but so anyway, fucking, uh, they have to make er all the vil villains easier too, or evil too, because like the Joker, Heath Ledger's was super evil. So they have the Riddler this time, and the Riddler is like just a man that asks annoying questions. You know, he's not that gritty. He's just an annoying person. He has the same power as like a five-year-old. You know what I mean? He's just like. Figure this out. You're like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Go to prison, you idiot. You're so annoying to me. And that's what he does. And then, like, uh, the thing I was laughing about is, in this movie, uh, there's a scene. This doesn't, this doesn't ruin anything. Like, there's a scene where the Riddler's in a coffee shop, and the camera zooms into the coffee cup, and you see that the Riddler has drawn little foam art of a question mark, you know? 
Because you're like, oh my god, this dude's so fucking evil. He learned how to make a question mark in foam? How fucking diabolical is this guy? I mean, we've seen psycho killers, but this guy took a Starbucks barista job to kill everyone in Gotham? What a fucking psychotic motherfucker, dude. And you're sitting there, like, all the, I don't know, there's all the things about Starbucks workers, like, organizing. You're like, oh, that's why. That's the real issue, right? Nothing worse than a, a billionaire hating organized labor. That's why Bruce Wayne really doesn't like this guy. His coffee job. Just a little thought. Mad. Uh, fucking, uh, I don't know. Something worth thinking about, dude. Does it blow your mind, man? What a fucking, I don't have too much other stuff to think about, man. I just got here in a little rush, sorry. I uh, I live in I live uh, by a lake, and people are like, that's cool. And I'm like, it's in Oakland. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's good. It's Lake Merritt. It's beautiful. But I was walking past it, and this man, like, on the side of the lake just goes, hmm, looks like your skateboarding days are over. <laughs> I'm like, this, this day was good, and now it's bad. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you. John Gallagher, everyone. We've got three comics left. They all just walked in the door. Clap your hands together for your next comedian, Kelly Evans. Hey, everybody. How's it going? What's going on? Put that on record. What's up? You guys uh, do drugs? Everybody have done them? Well, yeah, right? Fuck yeah. Ooh, yeah. Fucking drugs. Yeah. Don't do them. They're bad. I did heroin. Okay, let's start off strong, shall we? Just kidding. It was Oxycontin. It was not as bad. It was it was bad. It was probably pretty bad. You ever seen Scared Straight, the show Scared Straight, right? Where they like try to... Uh, uh, prevent delinquent teens from doing drugs. I could have used that, you know. It's like basically they take them to a prison uh, to be threatened by uh, grown felons and convicts with thinly veiled threats of butt fucking, you know. <laughs> like, you know, that's what they're talking about. But they're not saying it, but they're saying it. You're like, fucking grab my pocket. I'm like, all right, we know what's happening. Anyway, that's watching that show uh, as a kid. That's how I feel as an adult, like, when I see people doing drugs in the tenderloin. Because I'm like, maybe I'll do heroin again. And then I see some guy screaming into the abyss. Ah! I'm like, I'm good. I'm actually good. I think I'm good on heroin now. <laughs> this is the best scared straight program. Just moving to San Francisco has <laughs> done it for me. I was like, fuck, you've got to walk everywhere. So you're super up close to it. <laughs> like, in Houston, I had to drive. So it was like, I just didn't see it until, you know. I was doing it, and now I'm like, oh, okay, I see what happens. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm from Texas. I'm from Houston, Texas, and uh, which means I have uh, I have city family and I have country family. And my country family, I always shock. It surprises me, like their point of view on things. Like I told my uh, cousin that I got vaccinated, and her response was, "You got vaccinated? Ain't you fancy?" Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's a weird way to respond to that news, you know? She also thinks that the fact that I um, uh, know all the dates in the months, you know, like 30, 31, she refers to that as book learning. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay, you're fucking dumb. Holy shit. Um, yeah, but it's not, it's serious, it's not as bad. Like, my uncle actually feels like the vaccine, like, is a threat. He is, 
legitimately terrified about it. He's constantly trying to warn me. He was like, when I first got vaccinated, he's like, shouldn't have done that, boy. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I have it on good authority that uh, vaccine, they're trying to sterilize you, man. You fucking idiot. I'm like, what? Authority. You work at Home Depot. What the fuck? Is it Carl and Lumber? Is that who's cracking the case on mRNA right now? What the fuck are you? You are an idiot. You know what his fucking source was? His authority was a website called uh, wakeupsheeple.com. Was his? <laughs> it was like, it's Alex Jones approved. I'm like, why are we talking at all right now? And, uh, te- okay, I lied a little bit. That Actually, I made up that website. I did. That's not the actual name. It was a dumb enough website like that. Um, however, there is a wakeupsheeple.net, though. That is a real website. You should check it out. Uh, anyway, I don't have enough time to do the rest of that joke. So I'm just going to move on. Um, yeah, his, his argument against the vaccine was like, I am healthy. I don't need a vaccine, all right? I have God and exercise to keep me strong. I was like, you get winded going upstairs, and you eat 12 pounds of beef a day. So... You are not healthy. What the fuck are you talking about? What are those that stand like I that's how we eat in Texas. That I didn't realize that was not normal to eat that much meat or food in general until I was like 22 and I was like, "Wait. You guys don't have to lie in the fetal position after lunch every time? You guys don't have to fucking just be blinded by pain every meal? That's really All right. That's fucking <laughs> you guys do it the way you want to, I guess. Anyway, all right, that's my time. Thank you very much. Have a great night. Kelly Evans, everyone. We've got two comics left. Don't get comedy pneumonia. Clap your hands together for Jason King. Yeah, give it up for Kelly Evans, everybody. Give it up for this room. Let's see. Kelly was talking about the vaccine, about people not wanting to take the vaccine. I don't write a joke about this, but I recently read an article about a man who took 90 vaccines. 90. Yeah, this guy needs to stop losing his card. Um, <laughs> if, 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 he, if he's like actually legitimately into it, I don't know why you do it now, like, because the vaccine is only like, like 37% effective. It's almost like he's in it for the side effects at this point, <laughs> you know? Like the police dragged him out. He's like, no, I want to be sterile. <laughs> All right, let's see. What did I want to talk about? I, um, I was at a bar recently, and I saw a sign at the bar that said, strictly no elephants. Yeah, which uh, perplexed me quite a lot, uh, because the word strictly implies that there was a more lenient elephant policy at some point in time. <laughs> like, at some point in the past, you'd walk in with an elephant, and then the guy would be like, hey, I usually don't do this, but since this is a young adult pachyderm, I'll let it slide. <laughs> Okay, cool. That's a weak joke. We'll try another one. Here we go. I uh, apparently there was an article that came out uh, that said that uh, driving high it is, uh, has like no negligible change in in like people's safety. Um, I just want to know how they conducted that test. <laughs> you know, like they got a thousand people. They're like, here's some weed. Go drive. <laughs> like, could you imagine if that ended up bad? Right? Like, they finished, like, hey, uh, here's a report. Out of a 1,000 drivers, deaths only amounted to 45,000. <laughs> All right, cool. That one's okay. I um, was watching Jerry Springer recently, um, and I watched this episode, you know, where this woman was yelling, like, yeah, it's his kid, it's his kid, whatever, you know, like, 
And then all of a sudden, like the dude rolls out and he's in a wheelchair and I was like, he's probably not the father. <laughs> right? And then they showed the kid on the screen. The kid was in a wheelchair and I was like, definitely the father. <laughs> you know? Unless this lady's like messing with a bunch of dudes in wheelchairs. And then they like test the wheelchair guy, right? They're like, you're negative, right? He starts doing wheelies or whatever. <laughs> And then some guy, <laughs> some guy pulls up and those like next level like uh, crutches like I told you, bitch. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, I think one thing that's interesting is that if you say a word enough, it just ends up in the dictionary. So I was reading the Oxford Dictionary today because I was like on a work call and it was very boring, and uh, I saw the, the word amazeballs. Yeah, it even had etymology on it. It was like. Amazeballs, 21st century word derived from the word amazing and balls. <laughs> Apparently, they, they entered amazeballs into the dictionary in 2014 along with mansplaining, catfishing, and titties. Yeah. Yeah, that was my thing. I think I would think it was a bit delayed. D titties is a bit delayed. I'm just excited for the 2022 words, you know? Because then you're going to see bureaucracy, burglary, and bussin'. I don't know if you know what bussin' is, but the etymology is bussin'. Hey, how's it going, Newman? <laughs> it's going to be bussin', a uh, 21st century word often used to describe food that makes you want to bust your load. <laughs> All right. Fine. All right, that's good enough. I'm peacing out. Have a good day. Jason King! I've never heard the term bussin'. I mean, bustin', like bustin' a nut, but bussin', like bu bustin' a nut. I see. Okay. Etymology. Good stuff. Your last comedian of the night. Put your hands together for Newman Shake. Yeah, let's go, guys. Um, anybody here microdose? Yeah, I, li I like, I know. I, it depends on what I'm microdosing. Like, I love microdosing shrooms, acid, all that good stuff. But I've been microdosing sleep recently, and been a lot harder you know I could have sleep today and now I'm fucking here so that's cool um I don't know I I'm very poor right now like I'm at a point in my life where my answer to the question do you want fries with that has the potential to like ruin my credit score yeah um, I don't know man I feel like you can tell how bad the economy is based on the age gap between a woman and her boyfriend I feel like that takes a while for people to get. I don't know, maybe, is that a good joke or is it just, I don't know. Um, I feel like women should use the period excuse more often. You know, because like if me and you had periods, we would use that like all the time. Like Will Smith came out after the Oscars and said, you know what, I just had period cramps. He'd be a hero. I don't have a lot of Indian friends. I like to feel special about myself. Fuck you, Ajayna. <laughs> Not my friend. Um, but me and my token Indian friend, we were talking recently, and he was like, Newman, I want to get in touch with Indian culture and stuff. And I was like, yeah, man, you should go for it. And the next time I met him, he had an Indian accent. He didn't have before. That was a very new thing. And I don't know, man. It's weird. I feel like having an Indian accent to be part of Indian culture is like playing Mario Kart to be part of Italian culture. Like, that's not, not how that works. And um, I don't know, it was it kind of bugged me that he was talking like that, so I asked him why he was doing that. And he said he was starting a yoga class. 
and he wanted to seem authentic to white people. And honestly, that's just great marketing right there. Like, if Ajay wasn't here right now, I would be doing an Indian accent right now. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but as an Indian person, Kumar from, like, the Harold and Kumar movies means a lot more to me than Kamala Harris. Like, like fuck the White House. I want to go to White Castle. Yeah, um, I don't know what else do I want to talk about. I feel like astrology is getting out of hand right now. You know what I mean? Like, my friend, she got a DUI recently, and her excuse was, I'm just an Aries. I look pretty sure an alcoholic. I don't know what sign that is, but it can't, can't be good. I don't know. I feel like we're getting to a point where, like, astrology is going to be used like a legal defense. Like, there are going to be people in court, like, you know what? My client killed eight people, but Mercury's in retrograde. He's a fire sign. That's just what happens, you know? I feel like Amelia Earhart is the worst feminist. You know what I mean? Like, she said she was going to fly over the Atlantic, and then she just didn't. You know how much ammo that gives me as a guy? Like, every time my girlfriend gets too ambitious. I'm just kidding. I don't have a girlfriend, so. I don't know what else. Um, I was, um, I was watching that show Intervention recently, and there was, a po- there was a part of that show where this woman was like, an addiction is technically de- technically defined as when you do something so much you can't function normally anymore. It's like, wow, that is a stupid definition. Because babies are sober all the time. They can't function normally. I think an addiction should be described as when you do something so much it becomes the most interesting thing about you. Like, if you're at parties and you're being introduced, like, hey, this is my friend, the ketamine guy, then, yeah, you need help. All right, goodbye, guys. Newman Shake! All right, everybody, we did it. That's so great. And it's early enough that I still get to get another set, and it's late, so thank you all. Thank you to our two real audience people that have souls. These two guys are not comedians. They're just people. Thank you for being here all night. Uh, And to all the comedians who hung out and and performed, and Lauren, you're always so amazingly supportive. Thanks, guys. Uh, We'll be back on Monday for Joke Workshop and tomorrow at 2 o'clock for Titans of Comedy at Atlas around the corner on 20th Street. Uh, bye, yay! It's the bottom move. The horses wonder who you are. You are listening to The Gates of Delirium. This is episode number 25. We're listening to Dick and Dance. We're listening to Dick and Dance, a neo-gothic musical enterprise.
started in the 80s, blending all sorts of disparate musical elements into a lush tapestry. There it is, I get to say that again, a lush tapestry of sound. Once again, we'd like to thank Alfred's World of Trousers. Alfred has never trousered a man without trousering his soul. Alfred brings truth with every pair of trousers he sells. Alfred will set you on the straight and narrow and answer your deepest existential questions. Rely on Alfred for the best in trousers and for the meaning of life.
We are listening to Open Country Joy from Mahi Beach and Orchestra. The album Birds of Fire, 1974. We're going to continue with Soft Machine. Band Band Caliban. You're listening to Mutiny Radio.
got it then this is the found round sound show happy halloween for halloween that year the year my sister was two i dressed up as the headless horseman before i'd only ever been ghosts and fat ladies both of which were easy all you needed was a sheet and a lot of talcum powder, or a dress and a hat and some padding. But this year would be the last one I'd ever be able to disguise myself, or so I believed. I was getting too old for it. I was almost finished with being 13, and so I felt the urge to make a special effort. Halloween was my best holiday. Why did I like it so much? Perhaps because I could take time off from being myself, or from the impersonation of myself I was finding it increasingly expedient, but also increasingly burdensome, to perform in public. I got the Headless Horseman idea from a story we'd read in school. In the story, the Headless Horseman was a grisly legend and also a joke, and that was the effect I was aiming for. I thought everyone would be familiar with this figure. If I'd studied a thing in school, I assumed it was general knowledge. I hadn't yet discovered that I lived in a sort of transparent balloon drifting over the world without making much contact with it, and that the people I knew appeared to me at a different angle from the one at which they appeared to themselves, and that the reverse was also true. I was smaller to others up there in my balloon than I was to myself. I was also blurrier. I had an image of how the headless horseman was supposed to look. He was said to ride around at night with nothing on top of his shoulders but a neck, his head held in one arm, the eyes fixing the horrified viewer in a ghastly glare. I made the head out of paper mache using strips of newspaper soaked in a flour and water paste I cooked myself, as per the instructions in the Rainy Day Book of Hobbies. Earlier in my life, long ago, at least two years ago, I'd had a wistful desire to make all the things suggested in this book. Animals twisted out of pipe cleaners, balsa wood boats that would whiz around when you dropped cooking oil into a hole in the middle, and a tractor thing put together out of an empty thread spool, two matchsticks, and a rubber band. But somehow I could never find the right materials in our house. Cooking up paste glue was simple, however. All you needed was flour and water. Then you simmered and stirred until the paste was translucent. The lumps didn't matter. You could squeeze them out later. The glue got quite hard when it was dry, and I realized the next morning that I should have filled the pot with water after using it. My mother always said, a good cook does her own dishes. But then, I reflected, glue was not real cooking. The head came out too square. I squashed it at the top to make it more like a head, then left it down by the furnace to dry. The drying took longer than I'd planned, and during the process, the nose shrank, 
and the head began to smell funny. I could see that I should have spent more time on the chin, but it was too late to add on to it. When the head was dry enough, at least on the outside, I painted it what I hoped was a flesh color, a wishy-washy bathrobe pink, and then I painted two very white eyeballs with black pupils. The eyes came out a little crossed, but it couldn't be helped. I didn't want to make the eyeballs gray by fooling around with the black pupils on the damp white paint. I added dark circles under the eyes and black eyebrows and black enamel hair that appeared to have been slicked down with brilliantine. I painted a red mouth with a trickle of shiny enamel blood coming down from one corner. I'd taken care to put a neck stub on the bottom of the head and I painted this red for where the head had been severed with a white circle in the middle of the bottom part for the neck bone. The body of the horseman took some thought. I made a cape out of a piece of black fabric left over from a now obsolete puppet stage of mine, gathering it at the neck end, designed to sit on top of my head and sewing buttons down the front and cutting two inconspicuous holes at eye level so I'd be able to see out. I borrowed my mother's jodhpurs and riding boots, left over from before she was married. She hadn't ridden a horse since her wedding day, she was in the habit of saying, proudly or regretfully. Probably it was both. But I didn't pay much attention to my mother's tone of voice then. I had to tune it out in order to charge full speed ahead with what I myself was doing. The riding boots were too big, but I made up for that with hockey socks. I safety pinned the jodhpurs around the waist to keep them from falling down. I got hold of some black winter gloves and improvised a horse whip out of a stick and a piece of leather I'd scrounged from the box of archery materials. Archery had once been popular with my father and then with my brother, but my father had given it up and the box had been abandoned in the trunk room in the cellar now that my brother had to study so much. I tried on the entire outfit in front of my mirror with the head held in the crook of my arm. I could scarcely see myself through the eye holes, but the dark shape looming in the glass with two sinister eyeballs staring out balefully from somewhere near the elbow looked pretty good to me. On the night itself, I groped my way out the door and joined my best friend of the moment, whose name was Annie. Annie had done herself up as Raggedy Ann complete with a wig of red wool braids. We'd taken flashlights, but Annie had to hold my arm to guide me through the darker patches of the night, which were numerous in the badly lit suburb we were traversing. I should have made the eye holes bigger. We went from door to door shouting, shell out, shell out, and collecting popcorn balls and candy apples and licorice twists and the Halloween toffees wrapped in, in orange and black waxed paper with designs of pumpkins and bats on them, of which I was especially fond. I loved the sensation of prowling abroad in the darkness, of being unseen, unknown, potentially terrifying, though all the time retaining, underneath, my own harmless, mundane, and dutiful self. There was a full moon, I think, 
there ought to have been one. The air was crisp. There were fallen leaves. Jack-o'-lanterns burned on the porches, giving off the exciting odor of singed pumpkin. Everything was as I'd imagined it beforehand, though already I felt it slipping away from me. I was too old. That was the problem. Halloween was for little children. I'd grown beyond it. I was looking down on it from my balloon. Now that I'd arrived at the moment I'd planned for, I couldn't remember why I'd gone to all that trouble. I was disappointed, too, at the response of the adults who answered the doors. Everyone knew who my friend Annie was portraying. Raggedy Annie, they cried with delight. They even got the pun. But to me, they said, And who are you supposed to be? My cape had a muffling effect, so I often had to repeat the answer twice. The Headless Horseman. The Headless what? Then, what's that you're holding? They would go on to say. It's the head of the Headless Horseman. Oh, yes, I see. The head would then be admired, though in the overdone way adults had of admiring a thing when they secretly thought it was inept and laughable. It didn't occur to me that if I'd wanted my costume to be understood immediately, I should have chosen something more obvious. However, there was one member of the audience who'd been suitably impressed. It was my little sister, who hadn't yet gone to bed when I'd made my way through the living room en route to the door. She'd taken one look at the shambling black torso and the big boots and the shiny-haired, frowning, bodiless head and had begun to scream. She'd screamed and screamed and hadn't been reassured when I'd lifted up the cape to show that it was really only me underneath.
feels to break away from
Sorry.
The moving finger writes. And You've just had a heavy session of electroshock therapy, and you're more relaxed than you've been in weeks. All those childhood traumas magically wiped away, along with most of your personality. Now is the time, time for Spud. Spud, filled with the full rich flavor of potatoes. Spud, the beer brewed for people who can't taste the difference. When you say Spud, just put your mind on hold. Do wash your toes and open a coat. Refreshing Spud, just watch your life go by. No need to try when you've got Spud. Black. They have a, a van parked. 